Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Welcome back to another episode of the Solar PV Cast. Yes, I am Chris. It is brought to you by Shift. For all your solar and energy storage needs, visit shift.ca. Now, a few weeks ago, out of nowhere, blindsided a lot of people, the province of Alberta announced a ban on renewable energy projects over one megawatt. You're thinking, wait a minute, Alberta banning energy projects? What is happening? Well, naturally, it caused a lot of problems, especially for a province that's leading the country when it comes to solar and wind. And solar and wind also provides, uh, I believe, 17% of the energy needs for Albertans. So, yes, it caused a lot of problems. And to talk about some of those problems and what exactly happened, is Executive Director of Solar Alberta, Heather McKenzie. Welcome to the Solar PV Cast, Heather. Thank you. Happy to be here. So what the heck is going on in Alberta? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I'm born and raised here, so I'm wondering the same thing. It feels very un-Albertan what's going on right now. So um, yeah, essentially the moratorium on, uh, on solar farms, on solar power plants, and all other renewable power plants uh, is hitting Alberta hard right now. It's a seven-month moratorium, and um, right as Alberta had become the solar powerhouse of Canada, we are now undermining that and uh, putting a pause on approvals of, of new power plants. So, yeah, it's pretty atrocious. We're all extremely appalled, and uh, it definitely feels very un-Albertan, I have to say. So what is the the reason that the government is giving for this pause? They've given a wide variety of reasons. Um, there are some folks who are uh, indicating that they're concerned with the viewscape of solar and wind. They don't like the look of it, apparently. Um, there are a couple people concerned about grid reliability. Of course, that's not a concern in Alberta right now, um, but there are some who, who have a, a misunderstanding of that and, and do see it as a concern. There are others who are concerned about preservation of of uh, farmland, and of course, uh, we share that concern, which is why we actually created solar siting recommendations that uh, solar farms not be placed on good farmland. So this is absolutely a conversation we have been having in Alberta. We are actually out ahead of, and um, we can definitely continue having that conversation without a pause on uh, renewables. So um, those are a few of the concerns I've heard. Also a couple concerns around uh, land reclamation. That's a bit odd because Alberta actually has guidelines for reclamation when it comes to renewables. Uh, so not sure why we're revisiting that issue. Um, and another one around end of life concerns, which again is a bit odd because Alberta is actually out ahead of every other province in Canada. We are already piloting solar PV reuse and recycling here. Uh, we're actually 40 years ahead of that issue. So uh, very confusing why the government would have implemented a pause uh, when Alberta is actually at the forefront of all of these conversations already. I mean, I had, I had on the podcast a few weeks ago, we had a gentleman from the Alberta Recycling Management Authority, and he was talking about how Edmonton is currently one of the only places in Canada that has a solar recycling pilot program. So, I mean, you're exactly right. Because Alberta is leading the country in solar, you guys are way ahead of the country when it comes to all these other 
Oh um, yeah, we're so concerns. proud. We're so proud of the work that Arma's doing. I mean, that's what's so shocking is, you know, folks in the solar sector here are so proud of how our government and our recycling management authority and everyone are just so far out ahead. And so to see this pause, it's just, it's completely counterproductive, counterintuitive, completely unnecessary in this context. And especially because uh, I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, end of life, they're thinking, you know, all these abandoned oil wells that are now sitting on people's farmland. And yeah, if I, if I own that land, I don't love that. But oil runs out. That's why renewable <laughs> is great. Exactly. Because the wind and the sun won't. So... Yep, the wind, that's what I've been telling people, wind and sun actually don't run out. We're not going to, it's not going to dry out. Um, the solar farm uh, that you see today will still be productive in 25 years from now when those individual modules may become slightly less efficient, um, at which point you just swap them out for more efficient modules and you take the ones that are no longer as efficient and you reuse them, absolutely, because modules can last upwards of 40 or more years. Uh, you can reuse them in all sorts of ways. And then if you really can't, 95% of that solar uh, module is actually recyclable. It's made out of regular old glass and things that we're quite accustomed to recycling. And uh, it's an electronic device. So it's uh, in Alberta, we're just lumping them in with other electronics that we're figuring out how to recycle. So um, yeah, definitely out ahead on this issue. Pretty amazing, actually, what we're already doing. And really disappointing that the government didn't realize that. And maybe that's because Danielle Smith is so new to her job. Maybe she didn't know how far ahead Alberta is on these issues. Why do you think, like what, I mean, it sounds like we're both trying to wrap our head around this, but if you could, you know, put yourself on the other side, if you will, why do you think, what was the motivation I mean, I know they're saying to catch up on regulations and things like that, but <laughs> if you could kind of, you know, take your mind out of where you are and try to cross the street. Want me to get spicy with you here? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so solar and wind, they bring the cost of electricity for Albertans way down. So even though we have really high electricity prices right now, some of the highest in the country, they would be even higher without solar and wind on the grid. And so, of course, when solar and wind are bringing the price down, there are other power plants who are losing out. And the natural gas folks don't make as much money as they would uh, if solar and wind weren't on the grid. So that's one theory I've heard. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems logical. Uh, it seems like it might be one of the reasons, uh, depending who's having uh, lobbied folks in recent months. Um, yes, uh, solar and wind are great for ratepayers. They're great for Albertans at large because it lowers the price of electricity. And of course, if they're not on the grid in such large numbers, there are other people who stand to benefit from that. And so I guess that's maybe economic determinism there, but I do think that <laughs> that is one rationale I've, I've heard that makes a bit of sense for understanding something that really does appear to be a completely irrational and unnecessary decision. What's the, the feedback been from your regular Albertans? I mean, you know, I'm coming from BC and, and we're not as, as far ahead as Alberta is. And, you know, the mainstream population knows of solar. 
but they don't know a lot about a lot of details about solar. Yeah, for sure. I well, there, like, there's been a huge reaction. I mean, yeah. there are over 13,000 homes and businesses with solar in Alberta already that grows at a rate of over 500 a month these days. Um, huge uptake here. Maybe seems like small numbers internationally, but <laughs> in, in our world, that those are pretty big numbers. Um, we're seeing massive growth in the solar sector in terms of investment. And um, 75% of uh, investment in solar, I believe, in the country is coming to Alberta right now. Um, so, I mean, Canria can give you the exact stats on all that. There are association. But when you speak of the grassroots and you ask about Albertans in general, well, Solar Alberta actually has a pretty good read on that. We have 900 members, the vast majority of whom are individual solar enthusiasts and people who just care. Um, we also have a number of installer members and other solar businesses who uh, are, are among our members. And they are absolutely livid. They are livid not because their personal livelihoods are at risk. I mean, these are folks who are not directly financially impacted by this decision. They are livid because we are in a climate emergency. And basically, they see this as an invitation to incineration. Uh, that's the language I've heard used. Um, we're saying here, we're, we're all on fire. Why don't we, uh, you know, scale that up a bit? I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Yeah. And so we've had huge reaction. We actually put a letter template out to the public last week, as part of the Alberta Utility Commission's consultation, we were CC'd on over 288 letters within a week. And uh, as of uh, 15 hours ago, the AUC actually decided to minimize the impact and declared that they would be continuing to process applications and just have them sitting on hold pending the end of this pause. So um, they're going to be processing them through because of the backlash from everyday Albertans who are appalled at the decision to uh, impose this moratorium. I mean, that's some good news then. Yeah. There yeah, it's has... timely. <laughs> timely yeah. that we're doing this uh, podcast today. It was nice to see the AUC was going to try and minimize the negative impact. But of course, we all know that the impact goes well beyond those individual applications, right? Um, it's definitely sure. good news for those who are going to continue to be processed. But it's bad news for the sector as a whole, for the province as a whole, because we've created this extreme investor uncertainty. We've seen folks pulling out, pulling their money out from Alberta. We really need that investment here. And it's really sad to see um, how this has cooled things off. Um, just threatening the industry in the way that this government has done has cooled off the job market. It's cooled off the investor uh, market and uh, it's impacting projects well beyond the uh, technical scope of the AUC pause. Well, that's it. The ripple effects of this. Yeah, okay. It's just seven months. Don't worry. This is a big picture play. But seven months now is going to delay things years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Seven months, you know, that might seem like a, a small amount of time in the eyes of a, an MLA or a minister. Um, but that is a, a huge amount of time for a project developer. Um, yeah, that can be the difference between getting financing for their project or not. A lot right. of financing for projects is, is really dependent on whether those people financing it sense that it's a stable market. And we've created a hugely unstable situation with this moratorium. The other question is, 
you know, while this moratorium is at play, um, what other detrimental uh, legislation might end up going through in the fall uh, with the next sitting of the legislature. So we're going to be watching that very closely to see what other ripple effects and surprises are in store. Oh, yeah. My mind goes to flashback 50 years ago when oil starting or, you know, longer than that, and it's booming in Alberta. Can you imagine if they walked into the oil sands and said, hey, Syncrude Suncor, we're going to pause everything for seven months here while we figure some things out? It just wouldn't happen. Well, not only would that not happen in other energy spaces, which is actually in contravention of the law here, where you actually do have to treat all energy equally. It's actually legislated. Um, Yeah, absolutely. All energy must be treated fairly and equally here in Alberta. Unreal that we Mm -hmm. have to have that. It's great we have that, but it just (laughs) sounds so weird to hear like, we must treat all energy equal. Yeah. So we actually have that. (laughs) That is in place. So what they're doing is in contravention of of their own legislation, the government of Alberta's um, standards. So that's a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, but also when you consider solar farms in the context of broader development, not just energy development, uh, what if you did a pause on all development in this way? What if you said no home development? We're just going to have a pause here yeah. for seven months on developing of homes. I mean, it's, it's absurd from a development perspective. It's absurd from an energy perspective. Um, and, you know, it is actually in contravention of our own, uh, our own legislation here in Alberta, which is bizarre. Have they, you know, they've obviously said, okay, we're still going to process. Sorry. You know, I mean, they're kind of admitting they messed up a little bit, would you say? But now, but they're still like, you know, a parent, I've got to follow through. (laughs) Well, yes and no. There, There are two parents here, right? So we've got the government of Alberta that has imposed the moratorium. And then you have the AUC, which has been tasked with carrying it out. And the Mm. Alberta Utility Commission is the one who's trying to minimize the damage done by the government of Alberta. And this is something that you will often see uh, folks doing in in provinces around the country is a bad decision has been made by the government. Now, what can we do to minimize the damage? uh, And what do we have control over? So AUC is obviously going out of their way to minimize the damage. And I appreciate that. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't have control over whether or not the moratorium uh, comes to an end as it must. Hmm, that's scary that, uh, you know, these things can happen still with the lobbying and, and whatever the theories are as to why it's it's scary that it can happen. It is. It's really scary. I was actually asked by media, I guess it would have been about a month ago, if I was concerned about something like this coming down the pipe because of some of the negative comments uh, that we'd heard from Premier Smith. And I said, naively, I said, no, I said, I'm not concerned about that. I can't imagine uh, any conservative leader compromising uh, individual landowner rights, uh, which is what this moratorium has done. Mm. Um, It flies in the face of logic. I said, all this government needs to do for solar to succeed in Alberta is nothing. That's all they need to do is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, for example, Jason Kenney yeah. did nothing and we have become the solar powerhouse of Canada. So um, nothing would have been fine. A, a, a full, full on attack of renewables was something I think none of us expected considering incredible contribution renewables are making to our economy. 
Um, and really, Albertans identify not just as an oil and gas province, we identify as a, an energy uh, center of excellence, an energy province. And so solar is actually a really logical um, uh, sort of next step. Most of our employees in the solar sector are coming from the oil and gas sector. We are one in the same. And so when you're attacking one part of the energy sector, in many ways, you're attacking all parts. And uh, we're actually seeing that in terms of uh, our membership uh, over the last few weeks. We've seen uh, a number of oil and gas companies and associations have reached out to show solidarity. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. There was a, I think it was Canria that put it out saying, you know, over the next 20 years, there's going to be something like uh, 550,000, 800,000 more jobs in renewable energy. You know, we're going to lose 2 million in oil and gas, but we're going to go up 2.8 million in renewable energy. So it's definitely booming and it's nice to see. Also, also weird that, you know, conservative government, and you mentioned this before we started, is is getting in the way of individual property rights. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem to compute. Mm-hmm. Well, I always say to folks, people say, why is solar taking off in Alberta, right? And I say, because Albertans love to make a deal. We love yeah. to make a deal. And solar allows you to do that. I mean, uh, people are constantly signing contracts to lease their land for solar or to purchase power from solar, um, all the power purchase agreements happening here. This comes from our very Albertan sort of culture of enjoying, you know, the opportunity to make a deal and to have the power to do so. And so, yeah, it's really an Albertan what's going on here. And it's absolutely bizarre. Um, it feels very top down, very uh, central command style, which again is just not in our culture. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm super confused by yeah. it, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's uh, an accident. I'm hoping by I'm hoping that once the government of Alberta understands that they're actually out ahead on all these issues, that they're not behind the times, um, maybe they can get more information mm-hmm. and uh, lean on their bureaucrats and others who, who can tell them how far we are ahead on these issues. I'm hoping that it's just a lack of understanding. Um, I fear that it might not be. And that's where mm. I, I'm most concerned and why we need to rise up and uh, speak out. Because uh, if it's just a populist decision, then we need to show that it's not popular. And uh, I fear that that's where we're at. So that is why uh, we're launching our Rise Up for Renewables campaign, our letter writing campaign, our lawn sign campaign is next. And um, if if this government is making decisions based on what they see as popular, we just need to demonstrate to them that it's not popular because <laughs> there is no logical reason for this decision for to sure. be made. Could you tell us quickly a little bit about uh, Solar Alberta? And obviously, you've got some great campaigns on the go. Somebody wants to find out more. Maybe if they're listening in Alberta and they want to be a part of this this fight yeah, to show, hey, absolutely. this was a stupid move. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> all hands on board. All, all are welcome. Uh, we are a nonprofit society. We've been around for 32 years and actually well beyond that. That's just when we formally incorporated as a nonprofit here. Uh, we have over 900 members, as I mentioned, uh, about 730 of those are individual solar enthusiasts. Some of them are micro generators uh, and uh, about 170 are businesses. Uh, so we have a variety of different types of, of membership folks can check out at solaralberta.ca. 
We have an advocate with us section, which is actually <laughs> brand new. We just graded it a year ago. We weren't expecting to have to use it so much. Typically, we do public education. So things like your podcast. I mean, we run webinars, we run seminars, we do a solar show every February. Um, usually that's what we're up to is just educating the public. Um, we've had to really ramp up our advocacy efforts of late because of the attack on renewables. And so um, that was a bit unexpected, but we're willing to go there and we have the grassroots support to do it. So um, that's a little about Solar Alberta. Definitely go to solaralberta.ca. We have a newsletter that anyone's welcome to join. And membership is very cheap. It's just $35 a year for individuals, $20 for students. And lots of, of folks from outside of Alberta are involved as well. Um, I know a number of our members, especially our business members, uh, work between BC, uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta, sometimes in the Northwest Territory, sometimes in Ontario. So our business membership is very broad indeed. The world is looking at solar. Honestly, I had a gentleman on from Iqaluit, Nunavut a few weeks ago and he's leading the leading the way up there with solar on his house and he's yeah. talking about how oh you know my panels actually produce more than the manufacturer <laughs> says because it's so cold and yeah solar pv loves the cold exactly they use it in space so <laughs> yeah yeah 100% i also did an episode on agrivoltaics which i feel oh, like nice. i need to send to daniel smith and say yeah. hey look sheep are actually happier in a field with solar panels <laughs> It's true. It's true. The, the agrivoltaics piece is important. And if you look on our website at our solar siting recommendations, uh, we absolutely recommend if you are putting solar on farmland, consider co-locating it with uh, crops or food um, uh, such as sheep. Uh, and again, this doesn't have to be a, an either or. It can be a both. Um, we're really happy to have these conversations. We can absolutely have all of these conversations and more without a uh, moratorium on renewables. You clearly know your stuff. You're clearly passionate. Um, what got you into this, Heather? And, and what do you uh, love about renewable energy? Yeah, I guess there were two things. Um, well, first off, I generally go where the ladies are not and try and get them to come. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've done that in the political world, but now a solar sector, uh, obviously is very underrepresented, uh, space for women and non-binary folks. So, uh, definitely wanted to take the plunge and hope that Amazing. we could di diversify the workforce. Um, but from a skills perspective and using my knowledge and skills, I come from a community development background and, uh, international development in particular really, really love how solar is accessible to everyday Albertans, how everyday Albertans uh, can get involved in the solar sector. It's a very democratic energy source in that sense. Uh, and it really does contribute to community development in many ways. So uh, for me, it's a, a natural link, a natural fit to my background in community development. And I'm sort of of the opinion then, that I think I said it at the outset of your show it's kind of all hands on deck here with climate action so uh where at one time i was focused almost exclusively on, on poverty reduction and um public education around the world uh increasingly it's become apparent that uh, we can't accomplish either of those goals in this climate emergency so uh, we definitely all need to be contributing uh to um what in whatever way we can to addressing uh the climate change uh issues at, at hand Amazing. Well, thank you for your work. And, and there's still misconceptions about Alberta. You know, I tell people Alberta's leading in, in renewable. Nah, this oil and gas. Go Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames. And I'm like, no. So it's great to, 
to always be reminded that Alberta is doing some great things for the country in this fight against climate change. Yeah, uh, when the government's not messing it up. <laughs> well, let's hope we can get them back on track. And yeah. uh, and I, I really hope that they're listening and that they're hearing this groundswell of support for renewables and will respond accordingly. We shall see. Um, and if not, maybe we'll get you on again and uh, we'll get some more ad- more letters out there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity to chat. Heather McKenzie, Executive Director of Solar Alberta uh, on the Solar PV Cast today. Thank you so much, Heather. Awesome. Have a good one. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.